5, 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So when do you seek God? Now. Okay, now is the time. We said seek is defined as, in the Hebrew, it emphasizes a special intensity. It literally means to be at a path or go over an area so often as to rub or wear away a recognizable path. So that's the way we need to be every day of our life, constantly seeking him. Amen. We said in Psalm 27, 8, He's, David said, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Seeking is a choice of your will. You have to, to, to have, a, you have a will of your own, and God wants you to seek him. All right? We said early we should seek you, not late. Then in Psalm 77, 2, it says, in the day of my trouble... I sought the Lord, and that kind of goes along with that bumper sticker, waiting for the last minute when we're in trouble to seek God. Don't wait for the last minute. So let's go on. Why do you seek God? Why do you seek God? Um, There are uh, a number of reasons, and I'm going to concentrate on, look at Psalm 27. Psalm 27. I'll give you a few. This morning, we're going to receive communion. And here again, <clears throat> a Psalm of David. Why do you seek God? This is what David's reply was in Psalms 27 and verse 4. One thing, everyone say one thing. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. Well, what's the one thing that David desired of the Lord? What is the one thing that he sought after? It says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The Living Bible states, the one one thing I want from God, the thing I seek most of all is the privilege of meditating in his temple, living in his presence Every day of my life, delighting in his incomparable perfections and glory. He has priorities in order because he was going after the one thing. And so why do you seek God? Why should I seek God? Number one is to spend time, just to spend time in fellowship with him, intimate fellowship with him. That's why you and I need to seek God. Psalm 26, 8 says, Lord, I've loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Psalm 42, 1, 2 says, as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 63, 1 says, O God, you are my God, and early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Look at Psalm 65. Psalm 65 and verse 4. It says, blessed is the man you choose, here a psalm of David, and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy 
temple. So you and I need to choose to fellowship with God every day of our life. Look at Psalm 84. Psalm 84. Why do you seek God? Simply just to spend time with him because you love him. Psalm 84 and verse 1. Oh, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Did you hear that? My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Verse 10, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper or standing at the threshold in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of of wickedness. I think I think the this psalmist and I think David that was their desire just to be with God, spend time with God. What's Christmas all about? Spending time in fellowship with family. That's not everything. I mean, Christ needs to be the center of Christmas, but how many of you enjoy being with your friends and your family? Well, God enjoys our company. You know, I'll never forget this, and I've always liked Jesse Duplantis. I don't listen to him as much as I used to, and uh, but he, I'll never forget this. And he told this story. He was in a study one day, and and he 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 I, he, I, he didn't really, I think, feel like or spending time with God, or he made the effort. He really made an effort to spend time with God, and 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 he got quiet, and God basically communicated to him, I just love the, love the fact, Jesse, you just wanted to spend time with me today. Not asking him for anything, just spending time with him. Amen? Mark 3, it talks about how he, Jesus called his 12 disciples, that, and it says this, that they might be with him. And then sent them out to cast out devils heal the sick, just spending time with him. So why do you see God spend time with him? Number two, look at Matthew 2. Matthew chapter 2. You seek God to worship him. And you see this with the wise man. It says in chapter 2 of Matthew, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise man, from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to what? Worship him. I found this, and I'll read it to you on this verse. It says, Wise men still seek him. Why would someone leave the comfort of their home, travel 2,000 miles by camel, brave, blistering deserts, fraught with highwaymen and hazards, and follow a star to an unfamiliar destination? There's only one answer. Wise men and women have always hungered for God. It's said that the three most sought-out words on the Internet today are, do you know what those three words are? Work, sex, and God. Those are the three words most sought after on the Internet. Work addresses our need for security. Sex addresses our need for companionship and intimacy. God addresses our need to be forgiven, to experience peace and joy, and to understand our life's purpose on earth. 
It's why primitive tribes who don't know God make gods out of mountains, trees, and rocks. Deep down, we all have a need to experience something bigger than ourselves. Someone capable of loving us, protecting, and directing us. When his life fell apart, Job cried, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. The ancient Greeks had an altar on Mars Hill with the inscription to the unknown God. Then Paul told them, What you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. The good news of Christmas is you can seek God and find him by coming to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Hosea called Israel back to God with these words, Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him, and he will respond to us as surely as the arrival of the dawn. One poet said it this way, and I thought it was good. Now wise, now wise men still seek his face as they did in the days of old to give the Lord their hearts more precious than silver and gold. The question is, how far are you willing to go to find God and to seek after God? Think about it for the coming year. How far are you going to go? Is it just going to be church as usual, life as usual? Every day, as usual, are you going to make, am I going to make a, a, a really an, an effort to seek after God, to spend time with him because we love him and to worship him? I don't know. You're going to have to answer that question yourself. That's why I'm giving you the word before communion because we need to reflect upon these things. Think about these things. Look at, uh, well, you don't need to look. Let me, let me read it to you. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified. Here's the third reason. And there's a number, but this is the last one. And, and I want to read it to you from the Amplified. Why do you seek after God? Real simply, to stay heart healthy. To stay heart healthy. No, it's not whether you're eating butter or margarine to stay heart healthy. Psalm 119, this is how you stay heart healthy. Keep your heart right. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to it. When my whole heart I have sought you. What the psalmist say? With half his heart? With his whole heart I have sought you inquiring for and of you and yearning for you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you, he, the psalmist said. Oh, let me not wonder or step aside either in ignorant, ignorance or willfully from your commandments. Now look at verse 11. It says in the Amplified, Your word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why do you and I need to seek after God? Why do you and I need to seek after God's word? To keep our life to, free from sin. To keep our heart free from sin. Look at Hosea chapter 10. Hosea chapter 10. Right after Daniel. 
How many of you in 2016 want a healthy spiritual life? Then we're going to have to deal with the sin issue. We're all works in progress. We all sin. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. Takes care of sin's past, sin's present, and sin future. In Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12, it says, Sow for yourself righteousness and reap in mercy. Break up your what? Fellow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. The, the Living Bible says it this way. Plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will reap a crop of my love. Plow the hard ground. Do you notice that? That's what fellow ground is. It's, it's ground that's left uncultivated. And it forms a crust over it. And it becomes hard. And when it, the ground's hard, how do you get a seed in it? You can't. The ground has to be plowed, and then you put the seed. Plow the hard ground of your hearts that he may come and shower salvation upon you. See, that's what happens to a lot of us during, during the course of our life and our walk with God. Many times because we go through experiences, whether it be in ministry, you're dealing with people or, or, or whatever you're dealing with. Your heart and my heart can become hardened. And because our heart becomes hardened and embittered, then we can't receive the seed of God's word. Then it will not bear fruit in our lives. Our hearts and wills must be broken and yielded to God. We must make ourselves willing to receive the word of God and obey him, and obey it, our seeking him will not avail anything. Remember in Matthew 13 about the parable of the sower, it says, but he who received seed on the good ground began to bear fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Today, you need to ask yourselves, as we go into communion, you need to ask yourselves, Are there any areas in my heart, in my spiritual walk with God, where I've really not made intimate fellowship a priority? I've not made worship a priority. I've I've allowed sin to dominate my life in some area. You need to ask yourself that question. And then you need to ask God to show these areas to your life, but then ask him to soften your heart. Everyone say soften your heart. Ask God to soften any areas in your heart that have become hardened so that then again the ground of your heart can be plowed, that crust can be, that hard crust can be removed. And then again, the seed of God's word. We wonder why sometimes the word of God doesn't mean anything to us when we read it. It's become our, because our heart has become hardened. 
That's why David said in Psalm 139, 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I think that's a good, good thing to do. I realize what Christmas is about. And, you know, I was reading in scriptures this morning and I love this scripture and I'll read it to you from Isaiah 9. It says, for on to us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's about the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, ushers, I'll ask that you'll come and wait upon the people today. If if you're visiting today, you're more than welcome to receive communion with us. If you're a a believer, a born-again believer. And I'll ask that you'll hold on to the elements and then we'll partake of communion together. I want you all to reflect upon your lives individually. I don't want you to reflect on your mate's lives, your kid's lives, your boss's life. I want you to look and examine your own heart and see if if there's any fallow ground that needs to be taken care of. Oh, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, we take this time to examine our individual lives and our our walk with you. Lord, we want to make fellowship with you a priority every day. Father, we want to worship you and be wise men and worship you every day. And we want our hearts to be right. No unforgiveness, nothing in our heart that would affect our fellowship with you and our fellowship with others. I want to read to you something that Brenda Kuhneman wrote. And she says, never take your focus away from the Lamb of God and what he has taken upon himself on your behalf. For in those times when you would feel inadequate and your weaknesses are prevalent before you, look to heaven and see the Lamb. Who do we look to? Lamb. He says, when John the Baptist made the statement, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, he wasn't just saying that Jesus had arrived. Everyone in Israel would have understood what it meant when he used the word lamb. They knew that a lamb was slain upon an altar and used as a sacrifice for sin. 
So they should have understood that when John referred to Jesus as the lamb, it meant God was putting his lamb, Jesus, upon an altar. Had their ears been tuned into it, they may have noticed that John didn't say this lamb was only going to cover sin, but this lamb would remove sin. He was in effect telling them that no matter what shortcomings or weaknesses were in their lives, they could look to this lamb and their sins would be taken away. When we, ca- we cannot stop looking to the lamb of God. Whenever we are feeling weak or seem burdened by our own shortcomings, we need to see the lamb of God once again who takes away the sins. When we look at the Lamb, we are reminded of the Lord's mercy who makes up our failings. No matter what seems to be lacking in your life today, just see the Lamb. She says, Father, I see the Lamb of God today. I'm reminded of what Jesus the Lamb did for me. He took all my failures upon himself, all my shortcomings, all my sickness, all my disease, and has made up for my sins and forgiven me. You and I need to get our eyes on the Lamb.